Hello and welcome to a time of edification with Caruso Ministry. Get ready to be edified and equipped to edify others. Ready? Let's begin. Evangelistic meetings. That's what refers to evangelism or going out to reach the unsaved or preaching or the preaching of the gospel. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Right, that's also another key part of church meetings. You see, every church or ministry that you belong to must have an evangelistic um, altogether, they must have an evangelistic outlook. The aim of everything you do altogether must be to the end that people are reached with the gospel. You know, I heard a particular very interesting statistics. You know, and it was um, it was from a crusader. You know, there's a way oftentimes we can watch crusades and you know, when we when they um, have um, altar calls and then you see millions trooping out or thousands trooping out and then you get excited, you know, and like, wow, the word of God is moving and so on and so forth, right? And then, you know, it, I think it was an interview or it was a pastor who was speaking to a particular person who goes on crusades, an evangelist who goes on crusades and, you know, he saw one of the videos from one of the meetings and he was so excited, like, wow, oh my God, and stuff. And, you know, he was you know, acknowledging the work of the evangelist and everything. And the evangelist said something very interesting and it shook my heart. And the person said, we thank God for the work he's doing. He says, but the truth actually is that most of the people that you see here were here last year. He says, the truth is we might not be reaching as many people you think we are reaching. Why? He says, because the churches are not doing their work. He says, so the same pair of persons who got saved last year are coming out again this year. And that's the truth. And that's true. You know, somebody said something. He said, actually, you'll be shocked that a lot of churches are actually mission fields. Yes, they are. They are actually just filled with unsaved people sitting in the congregation. So, and, and you need to realize how terrible this is because, you see, when Jesus was raised from the dead and ascended into heaven, he only gave us one instruction. Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Do you know how dangerous it is that the only one instruction Jesus told us to do? We are not doing it effectively. It's terrible. You need to understand something this, this, do you realize when Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus did not ask us to have worship meetings. Not like worship meetings are bad. He didn't ask us for it. He didn't ask us for concerts. He didn't ask us for what's the word now that we often use? Excellence. Not like excellence is bad though, but he didn't ask us for it. He just asked us for one thing. Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go ye therefore and make disciples of every nation. So he, he, the primary instruction is actually two things. At the core, if we remove all the excellence and everything and everything, what is at the core is two things. Evangelism and discipleship. That you go out to reach people, you bring them into the church, you disciple them until they are trained enough that they can go out and reach more people. Do you know how terrible it is that we have believers today who cannot preach the gospel? They cannot go out and tell people the gospel. But yet, there are so many churches. So can you see, there are actually not many churches. No, there aren't. There's still work to do. There is. There is still work to do. Actually, a lot of work to do. So, one of the key meetings you have in church is evangelistic meetings. Alright? So, an example is in Acts 2, for example, when Peter, you know, after they all spoke in tongues, Peter stood up, alright, with 11, and then he began to preach. And then he preached, and 3,000 people were saved. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. You know, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, we are going to cover 
places with the gospel. No, no. We're gonna, we're gonna, I've told you guys before, we're gonna run like we have been chased. There are a couple of things that the Lord has shown me for next couple of years. You know, I'm just I'm just gonna say this briefly. Right, next year we're gonna move into a new phase of ministry. Alright. And the couple of things the Lord has shown me, right? A couple of things that we have said in time past. Alright, a lot of them, a lot of them are gonna happen, right, very, very soon. Alright, but listen to me very, very well. We're gonna run like we have been chased. People will genuinely ask, Who is rushing you? Are we together? We will run like we will run. And it will be obvious. The the pace will be obvious. And it's not be there's no competition in anything. We are just running because there are people to reach. Are we together? And the goal is simple. Is it is one person, the next person. That's all. Just that next person to get the person saved, get the person established, turn the person to a minister of the gospel, go out and preach. That's simple. But we will use every means possible. Pay attention to my words. Every means possible. Every single means possible. We will push out books like as though people will be thinking we've been. People will think there's one printing press that we have somewhere that supplying us with books. We will pushing out books like it's water. Are we together? Every single means possible. Anything that technology, AR, VR, whatsoever, this thing, we will use it for the gospel to ensure that the message is put out. But we will put it out with, we will put it like we are annoyed. Hallelujah! Because there is work to do and there are people to reach. Amen. Hallelujah! And I said there was something that the Lord, you know, showed me, you know, um, sometime during the week. All right, He just brought a couple of persons to my heart, and then He said, "You see." You must ensure that you're not doing my work as though it's a part-time duty. And I, I and I saw that a lot happen. You see, because you know, as a reason of the there's there's this current drive for money, all right, to hustle, you know, you want to make money for yourself, which is not a bad thing, all right. But there's a way you can begin to partition your life into you know, this particular point or this particular period of my life, I'm gonna focus more on work, and then the remaining time I have, I'm gonna focus it on God's work and stuff. There, there's no time. Are we together? There's no time for that. You need to take God's work as full time. Are we together, guys? Because time is going. I've told you guys, we are at the end of the age. And the devil is working like never before. Like never before, he's working. And so, there must be a, there must be a mindset with which you do the work. Every day counting matters. Every single day counting matters. What have you done today to further the move of the gospel? For the prosperity of the gospel. That book that he has asked you to write. What, have you done something about it today? Do you understand me? That person that you are reaching out to. Have you called the person? Have you prayed for the person today? There are, there are people. There are things to do. There is work to do. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. You know, there are a lot of things that we want to do, but, you know, I've not just had a go ahead in my spirit to do them. There are a lot of things that we won't be able to do. Until, as I said, we go into that new phase of ministry that the Lord has told me about and stuff like that. But trust me, we'll do the work like we are the only ones doing it. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. And guess what? Resources is no problem for us. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Because we are helped of the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything we need, we have. By the power of God's Spirit. Resources in men, resources in kind, resources in money, we have all that we need. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. We're gonna do the work. I don't we we'll do it like as though like like you know there are certain things that you expect people to do after five years. There are certain things you expect people to do after ten years. We, we don't care. The moment God says do, we just do. Just that we don't care the number of years we are. If he tells us to do it after ten years, fine. But if he tells us to do it after one year, we'll do it. Amen. We'll just be going, we'll just be doing, just be doing. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. UK, US, wherever, we are just 
just planting the word. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Alright, let's continue. So, evangelistic meetings, Acts 2. You see the same thing happened in Acts 3 from verse 12 to 13. After, you know, they already healed. After Peter and John healed the lame man at the gates, alright, then they went on to preach the gospel. Same thing happened in Acts 8 from verse 5 to 6 when Philip went to Samaria and he preached the gospel full of the Holy Ghost. So, Acts 8, 5 to 6, same thing happens there. Alright, then that's that. Lastly, we have the Holy Ghost or miracle meetings. Holy Ghost or miracle meetings, all right? Um, what that just means is that there are meetings that are directed towards the flow of the things of the Spirit. The flow of the things of the Spirit, all right? The Holy Ghost or the miracle meetings. And you see, one key thing about these kind of meetings is that a lot of times they are also reflections of or they can come to be as a reason of other types of meetings. So, for example, a prayer meeting can actually lead to a Holy Ghost meeting. Hallelujah. A prayer meeting can lead to a Holy Ghost meeting. A teaching meeting can lead to a Holy Ghost meeting. Are we together? So, that's one key thing about Holy Ghost meetings you have to know. So, exam- some examples of these meetings are, for example, in Acts chapter 5, Acts 5 from verse 12 to 16. I'm just going to read through because of time. It says, and by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest, thus no man joined himself to them, but the people magnified them, and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. It is in so much that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and they which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Hallelujah. Glory to You know, I just want to say this. I, I sense this in my spirit. You know, for Caruso Camp Meeting, you know, we're going to have a healing night on Saturday, Saturday night, right? Bring any kind of sickness. Amen? Amen? Any. Emphasis on any. Don't feel like, first of all, don't feel like, ah, this sickness is too small. It's not, it's not a big deal. It doesn't, it's not so big a deal that it needs to be in a healing meeting. Bring it. And so I said, I don't feel, ah, this sickness is big. Oh. Ah, I don't think the anointing of this man of God can do this one yet. You know, if it was someone like, you know, Bishop David the now or something like that, you know, those are the men of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Bring, the, bring such sicknesses. Hallelujah. There's going to be healing. Glory to Jesus. Healing for everybody. Everybody. You know, we are not having this healing meeting just because, you know, we are supposed to have a healing meeting in a camp meeting. No. It's a directive by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Alright. And it's going to have a ripple effect even beyond now. Alright. And that's why there are certain instructions that God has already given us. First of all, the first of them is to create a mini-series on healing. So, it's the idea of it is we have, you know, like a fourth, you know, a fourth track podcast in that sense on healing to kind of put people on a diet. So before they even come for the meeting, they're already eating the word. And one of the things I saw is that in listening to that teaching series, there are already a couple of them who would already start having improvements in their in their sicknesses. I would together. And so the meeting really would just be the grand finale in that sense. Hallelujah. Gracious. So if you know anybody doesn't matter. Even if something as simple as you know one of the things I, I, I actually saw during the week, and I think the Lord is laying on my heart again, hormonal imbalance. I, I actually saw that hormonal imbalance, alright? Um, f- and I think hormonal imbalance is, has to do with folks who have like a sort of messed up menstrual cycle, that kind of thing. It's, it's going to be healed, alright? So it doesn't matter how small the issue is, even if you just heard of it or something. Just tell the person, this particular meeting, Karizuka meeting, even if you cannot make it down there, the meeting is going to be streamed as well, alright? So tell people to connect to the meeting. Hallelujah. We're going to see the power of God in this place. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Alright. So let's continue. Alright. Acts 13 verse 2. So he says, as the ministers of the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and so for the work of have called them. So now don't forget, this was initially a prayer meeting. They were ministers of the Lord when they were together. Are we together? But then, as a reason of their meeting, then the Holy Ghost now spoke. So, because of the prayer meeting, it now led to a what? To a miracle meeting or a Holy Ghost meeting. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? Alright, let's continue. Acts 11, verse 28. Acts 11, verse 28. It says, And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the spirits that there should be great death throughout all the world. Death there just means famine, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. So, can you see that? Somebody signified by the spirit. Are we together, guys? Alright? Now, lastly, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. It says, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. It says, Let all things be done unto edifying. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, we've seen so far that, that at least we've seen four kinds of meetings primarily. Hallelujah. We've seen the teaching meetings, right? What else have we seen? Prayer meetings. Then, number three. And what's the fourth one? Holy Ghost or miracle meetings. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Say, my mind is alert. My mind is alert. Say, I'm not distracted in this teaching. Say, by the word, I'm vitalized. The strength of God is moving through my body. As I hear the word, I can respond accordingly. I can respond accordingly. Say, I'm a man of the word. I'm born of the word. I can do the word and I love the word. I love the word. Glory to Jesus. Have your sin. Praise God. Hallelujah. Alright, so now, so I'm just going to talk about a couple of things, two things actually to pay attention to generally for Christian meetings and then we'll begin to go into each of the meetings one after the other with the time that we have. <laughs> oh God. God, this can't continue like this. <laughs> oh, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So, one of the first things to note about every Christian meeting is to recognize the meeting's possibilities or recognize the possibilities. And that's the first thing. You have to recognize the possibility of every meeting. You know, as you said so far, you know, the church is a gathering of men who are full of God's spirits. Hallelujah. It's a gathering of men who have the power of God in them. Our very association is by the power of the resurrection. And so, what that lets you know is that there is nothing normal about, about us. Are we together, guys? There is that there's nothing normal. And you see, one of the key things you need to note about the Christian faith is that you will hardly receive from any channel that you are not open to. Amen. Hallelujah. You will hardly receive from any channel that you are not open to. You will hardly receive from anyone you do not regard. Right? Just write this down. Mark 5 from verse 22 to 43. Mark chapter 5 from verse 22 to 43. Because of time, I'm not going to read from, but I'm just going to give you an idea of what was happening there. Now, this was Jesus, alright? And then there was this um, leader of the synagogue who was named Jairus. Now, Jairus' daughter was really sick, was really ill. And then Jairus goes to meet Jesus and says, you know what, Jesus, please can you come to my house and pray for my daughter? She's not feeling well. And then Jesus, now who was on his way somewhere else, turns his roots and then begins to go to the house of Jairus. You know what that means? You see, Jesus is never too busy to get you healed. And, and you see, because you see, there's an idea, or there's an ideology that a lot of Christians have towards prayer that makes them feel like oh, God is really busy right now. 
uh, maybe the reason he has not answered me right now is because well, there are a lot of requests that are going on right now. So because of that, I have to, you know, I understand why my request is pending. That's not God. Hallelujah. He's ready to sit down with you and focus on you like you are the only one that exists. Amen. And so you see, Jesus was going in a particular direction and he changes his route and begins to go to Jairus' house to go and heal him. Now here is nowhere he stops. As he's going, all of a sudden he feels something happens to him. And as he feels it, he knows that Betrayal has left him. Why? Because there was a particular woman who for 12 years, alright, had, you know, blood flowing out of her for 12 years. And this woman had proposed in her heart and she said something. She says, if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Hallelujah. And then she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and she was made whole. Now here is where it gets very interesting. Even Jesus did not know her. Jesus did not know her. And you would think at the point where she gets her healing, Jesus would know her at the same time. Jesus didn't know. So even after she got her healing, Jesus still looked around and said, you know, who touched me? I felt virtue left me. You know what that means? That woman could have been healed and she would have left there and Jesus still would not have known her. And that helps folks who thinks the pastor has to walk up to me and has to lay hands upon me for me to get healed. No! Sometimes all you have to tell yourself is if I get to that place and I hear his voice, I'll be healed. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And you see, that's why you see the faith of the believer or receiving faith can be intelligence. Are we together? It can be intelligence. It's the same reason why, for example, you know, you know, you can lay an handkerchief on someone and the person gets healed. Why? Because the person believes in their heart that if this handkerchief touches me, I'm going to be healed. Are we together, guys? Are we together, guys? Now, also notice something very important. All right, that now Jesus gets now this woman is healed. Now you also need to understand why this woman was also very scared. And why she didn't walk up to Jesus initially? Because you need to understand, in the Jewish custom, such a woman is stamped unclean. So in the first instance, eh, if that woman, if people found out that such a woman was in the public, because this way the Jewish custom also works, not only is she unclean, anybody she touches is unclean. Are we together, guys? So such a woman was not even supposed to be in the crowd. Because according to Jewish custom, every single person that she had touched was now unclean. Are we together, guys? So that was actually the reason she was scared to let Jesus know what had happened. Why she was shaking? Because according to the Jewish custom, she just sinned for that. Are we together, guys? But that's the beauty of God. You see, the beauty of God is this. The Lord tells you, you are unclean, you touch a clean man, he becomes unclean. But what Christ tells you, you are unclean, you touch me, you become clean. Glory to Jesus. And so she touches Jesus and now, what? The fountain of her blood is dried up. Now, notice what Jesus doesn't do. Jesus doesn't now look at Jairus and say, oh, whole life here. You're a leader of the synagogue. No, for come here, do I yield? You, you never have enough faith to just say, I should just speak the word. The moment he was done with her, what did he do? He continued. He says, Let's go to your house. Hallelujah. He says, Let's go to your house. You know what that means? It means that, listen, Jesus is ready to come to the level of your faith to get you healed. He's ready to work with you. You know, that's also another thing with most people. People think, ah, I just have to get my faith up. And when I get my faith up, the Lord is going to say that I have my faith risen up. And because my faith is risen up, He's going to work with me. Listen to me. He's ready to work with you at that your level of faith. He just needs you to at least believe He can do it. That's what He needs. That's what he needs. And that's why he says, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you're going to speak to this mountain. You're going to say, be thou moved and be thou cast into the ocean. And it's going to happen. Why? If you have faith as a mustard seed. Just, just have some faith. Just believe. Just believe. And people don't get this thing. We know when Jesus calls them men, when he calls his disciples men of little faith, people think what he's actually saying is that the faith was small. No. You see, the word little faith there in the Greek, it's actually the word that is oligopistis. It actually refers to non-existent faith. 
So he wasn't saying they had small faith. He actually was saying they did not have faith. Are we together? Because you see, it's not about the size of faith. Small, big, it doesn't matter. Just have faith. Are we together? Just believe I can do it. Does that make sense, guys? So, Jesus is not on one side. Because the way people think healing works is that they think Jesus is over there and he's just looking at him. Let me see if he's going to have faith now. Oh, there's any faith there, there. Oh, shit. Oh, is he losing? No. That's not the way it works. Jesus, in fact, is interested in raising up your level of faith. And that's the reason why I pay attention. After Jairus was working with Jesus, after Jesus already got the woman healed and Jairus was working with Jesus, something happens. Something very interesting happens. Now, somebody comes to me, somebody comes from the house of Jairus and says, you know what, don't disturb the master any longer. Your daughter is dead. Now, pay attention to this. He says, your daughter is dead. Now, Jesus turns to Jairus immediately. And what does he say? Let me show you. Mark chapter 5 and go to verse uh, 36. It says, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only be. There are two things you have to pay attention to here. Number one, is Jesus understood that that reception of information can actually affect his faith. And you see, that simple thing that Jesus understood there is what a lot of believers need to understand. Listen, when you are trying to get a healing, you don't listen to just anything. Amen? You don't listen to just anything. When you're trying to get a healing, because you see, you need to understand, faith works by information. Faith works by information. It is what you expose your heart to that causes faith to rise or to decrease in you. It's that simple. Faith works by information. And so, when you hear certain kind of things, it can either raise your faith or reduce your faith. I wish you get that, guys. For example, you're trying to get a miracle, you're trying to get, get a healing, but you're the same person who is watching videos of fake miracles being exposed. Oh, this is serious because you life, eh? serious about getting a healing. You're going to continue that sickness. That's the truth. Are we together? But if you really need a healing, why not watch videos on healing? Why not watch videos on the power of God? On what God can actually do? On real miracles? Why are you going about looking for fake miracles? What's the point of it? Are we together? Now that's number one thing. That information can affect your faith. But you see, the number two thing as well was that Jesus was interested in Jairus having faith. Because he says, do not be afraid, only believe. In other words, he knew that the information could have affected his faith. And then he took it upon himself to do something to him. He says, don't be afraid, just believe. So meaning, Jesus is not just the guy who is waiting and saying, does he have faith, does he not have faith? You know, Jesus is not now saying, hmm, now that they've told him that he's dead, let me see. Ah, oh, Nifet, I'm sorry, I can't do this anymore. Cheers, bro. <laughs> Cheers, bro, more wins. No, no, that's not what he did. He looked at him and said, you know what, do not ha- do not, don't be scared. Don't be afraid, just believe. So, Jesus is not just interested in getting you healed. He's interested in also strengthening your faith to get you healed. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. So, you see, in case, you know, you're already thinking, oh, I need a healing, you know, um, uh, you know, but I don't know. You know, some of you, you've never received a healing before, and that's why. Because, like, you, you don't know what it means to receive a healing. You don't even know what it means to be in faith. You're like, eh, I know God can heal me. But, like, do I need to, like, Jesus, uh, do I need to, no, calm down. Listen, all you need to do is to know God can heal you and is willing to heal you and is going to heal you now. Simple. That's faith. Are we together? That's simply what faith is. Faith is knowing God can heal me, God will heal me, and God is going to heal me now. Simple. That's simply what faith is. 
Don't think more than that. Don't complicate things too much. You don't need all of those, you know, rigmaroles and so on and so forth. It's not by shouting, it's not by shaking, it's not by... Now, faith can cause you to shout. Faith can cause you to roll around. But that's not really what faith is. Are we together, guys? But you see, most of all, if you are, you know, low or weak in faith, is willing and is interested to jar up your faith. That's the truth. He's interested in getting your faith back up. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And of course, you see, he goes to the house of Jairus and then he prays for the daughter and then of course the daughter is healed. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. So in these two cases of charismatic ministry, one thing you see consistently was that they both recognized the ability of Jesus to heal. Jairus recognizes Jesus' ability to, to heal his daughter, of course. That's why he called him. And at the same time, the woman with Jesus' blood recognizes Jesus' ability to heal. But even though the two of them were not on the same level of faith, really, at the end of the day, both of them recognized his charismatic ministry and as a reason of that, they could receive from a charismatic ministry. Does that make sense, guys? Are we together? So one of the key things about receiving in a Christian meeting is that you must recognize the potential of that meeting. Don't go to a Christian meeting just feeling normal or ordinary. Expect supernatural things in every Christian meeting. Always expect it. And as I've always told you guys before, supernatural doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean spectacular. Are we together? It doesn't have to be spectacular to be supernatural. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. But in every meeting, you must have supernatural expectations. Every single time. Supernatural expectations. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. Um, another good example of um, this place here Talking about faith, all right, and Jesus' interest in people's faith, all right. Look at Mark chapter nine, Mark chapter nine, from verse twenty to twenty-seven. Mark nine twenty to twenty-seven, all right. Now I'm just going to give you an idea of this particular portion of scripture, all right. This was it was it had to do with a particular child who was you know um, possessed by a spirit, and a spirit would oftentimes fall into different places, all right, and you begin to form up and stuff like that. Now look at what Jesus said. Now this this person had already gone to meet the disciples taking the child to the disciples, but the disciples could not get him healed, alright? But look at what it says, look at what Jesus says in verse 23, verse 22. He says, and oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So it's, look at, like, you need to realize, this guy didn't even come like as though he knew Jesus could heal, necessarily. He was just like, if you can do anything, just do something. Do you understand the point here? So it wasn't like he brought the child, like feeling like I know Jesus is going to get this child healed. That's for sure. No, he says, "See, if you can just do something, please just do something." But look at what Jesus said in verse twenty-three. And this this verse, every time when I read it, it just it just moves me. He says, "Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible. All things. Listen to me. Listen in the Greek. Eh? In the Greek, all things is all things." Amen? The, the Greek word for all things is all things. So, all things are possible. Hallelujah. All things. And that's why I always say, everything and anything is possible when we gather. Anything is possible. Anything. Ah, oh, anything is possible. Anything. Anything is possible. Any, anything is possible. I believe anything is possible. I have no, there are no limits in my mind. Anything is possible. The lame can walk, the blind can see, the dumb can speak, the deaf can hear. Anything is possible when we gather. He says, if thou canst believe. You know, and that's the thing. It, it costs nothing to believe. Do you understand? Because here's the thing. Even if you don't believe, that situation is already there. Do you understand my point? The situation is there already. Already, there's really no way you can change it. It costs you nothing to just believe. Do you get my point? So why not believe? 
are you with me like whether you like it or not the sickness is there it's not it's not going away do you understand my point so why not just believe why not just try jesus and clearly from here jesus doesn't even mind you testing him out he doesn't mind he doesn't mind that you're trying Jesus doesn't mind that you say you know what if you can just do anything if you can if, if you can just do anything and jesus says if you can believe all things are possible and of course, you know how the story ends. Jesus casted out the demon from him. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Say all things are possible. I want you to say that like you mean. Say all things are possible. Say with me, with my life, with my ministry, all things are possible. All things are possible. Say with my finances, all things are possible. All things are possible. Say I believe. I believe. All things are possible. Hallelujah. Oh, it's Jesus. All things are possible. Have you seen? All things are possible. All things are possible. I, 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 I have no limits in my mind. All things are possible. All things are possible. Oh, all things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. I might have not seen those things come to pass, but all things are possible. All things are possible. I have no limits. No doubt in my mind. All things are possible. All things. All things. All things are possible to him that believes. Oh, Father, I believe. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe all things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. Oh, all things are possible. Glory to God. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. All things are possible. All things are possible. Oh, all things are possible. All things are possible. There are no impossibilities before me. All things are possible. I'm walking in possibilities. All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. Hey, all things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible. All I'm seeing is possibilities. By the power of the Holy Ghost. All I'm seeing is possibilities. By the power of the Spirit, all I'm seeing is possibilities. By the power of the Holy Ghost, all things are possible. All things are possible to him that believes. Oh, I believe. Oh, I believe. All things are possible. All things are possible. Glory to God. Glory to God. All things are possible. Oh, it's a God. Oh, it's a God. Now, look, look at something that he says in verse 24. Something very interesting. He says, And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. So, listen. Listen. Oh, God. You need to understand. Now, people think oftentimes that when you have faith, it means there is no doubt at all. That, you know, don't have any questions, don't have any if, buts, or maybes, or whatever, you know, and stuff like that. But listen, what look, look at what the man said. He said, I believe. Help my own belief. Help. So, so, you need to understand, it's okay if there is unbelief. If like, you know, there is a little bit of, uh, can, can this thing really happen? It's fine. Jesus is ready to walk with you at that point that you are. Hallelujah. You know, you need to understand. It doesn't matter how deep in debt you are, no matter how deep that financial crisis may be, all things it, it can happen in the snap of a finger. 
can happen. Can happen. All things are possible. In my ministry, all things are possible. Things can change in one instant. For all things are possible. I see no impossibilities. By the power of the Holy Ghost. By the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm a man walking in possibilities. By the power of God's Spirit. It doesn't matter if I've not seen those miracles come to pass before. All things are possible to him that believes. The miracles of old can still happen like today. Water can still come out of a rock. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Manna can still fall from the sky. There is still such a thing as supernatural provision. For all things are possible. Every single thing is possible. By the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe. I believe, Father. I believe. Glory to God. Have your sin. Have your sin. Oh, Shadabana Koferegadina Matalabaruati Vasus. I believe. I believe. Lord, I believe your word. I believe your power. I believe in you. There are no impossibilities. Hey, I believe, Lord Jesus. I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe, Lord. I believe, Lord Jesus. I believe, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. I believe you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Have your sin. Have your sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe. You know, I just believe that that was, you know, leading of God's spirit for someone here choose to believe hallelujah you know that's how to work you see that's okay the recipe for the miraculous you see you must be and I was you know the Lord said this to me as you know as I was just outside preparing for the meeting he said you see a believer is someone who is spiritually optimistic ah you must see possibilities everywhere I believe hey you know it's an anomaly to have a believer who is pessimistic actually because you walk by faith, not by sight. Literally, that's your life. You must expect the best of situations. Now, this is not to say you build castles in the sky or you build castles in the air. But listen, you must see situations and expect the best from them. See, you must factor in supernatural manifestations into your strategy. That See, I expect to have supernatural encounters. Things must just work for me. Just You know, I don't, they must just work. You know, scripture says that you surround me with favor like a shield. That's the point. It's a stra- it's a war strategy. It's part of it. Just now. So if you say, uh, what's the next five years of your life going to be like? All right, of course, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. So how exactly do you see yourself doing that? Of course, I'm going to you know, try to do this. I'm going to try to do that. And then it's fact that, of course, I have God. So things are going to happen supernaturally, of course. But then I have, I'm going to do this and do that. You must factor it in. That's it. I believe telling you i believe i believe that things i believe that people can wake up places that they've not heard they, they don't know me they've not heard my voice before and my picture and my name begins to appear to them i believe it i have supernatural expectation i believe it i believe people can wake up and just decide to favor me i believe someone can just see me and say i just like him i don't know why i just like him ah! i believe i believe i believe Hey, I believe. Listen, I believe. That's how that business is not going to die. I believe. I may not know how things are going to work, but one thing I know is I believe. I believe. I believe. And that's it. 
only believe all things are possible to him that believe all things are possible I believe Lord Jesus I believe hey see things are always working out for me every single time I'm a man of miracles. I'm always walking in miracles. Ay, 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 ay. Things are working for me. Every single time. Every single time. Hallelujah. Listen, I'm on a winning streak. I'm on a winning streak. There are no losses here. There are no losses here. I'm on a winning streak. Oh! Glory to God. Ah. Hey. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, my best days are yet ahead of me. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how many losses I've had in the past. He said, the Lord is compensating me. He's compensating me. Hallelujah. Because I'm walking in step with his will. I'm winning all through. You see, for the rest of the year, I'm on a winning streak. I'm winning. I'm winning every single time. I'm winning in places where it seems like I've lost. I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm winning. Hey. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, man, da le pokoro ativana matana veru ativas. Just lift your hands to God and give Him praise. Hey, shaba ne kopali matana veru ativana mandiati. Oh, Father, I believe. Nanda koriata mana shela bakoti balagaviati. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Woo. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Have your sin. Have your sin. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Amen. You know, you know. I've always told you guys this, and I keep emphasizing it again and again. And you guys are going to mark my words, all right? You see, one of the things that we're going to have very expressly in Caruso ministry is that we're going to actually have men who are living in God's supernatural supply. You see, there's a kind of money that people have, you know, that it was only God that could have done this. Are we together? There's hard work, oh. Jesus, there's hard work, there's connections, but there's the kind of money people have and there's the kind of resources they have that you know only God could have done this. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to Jesus. And you see, we're going to have that in Kerizo ministry. And you know why? Because there's a lot of work to do and we need resources for the work. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. We're working in supernatural possibilities. Expect, expect that as you talk to people, they just want to hear you. I just want to hear you. You know, something very interesting happened in our meeting in Lagos. End of my, you know, um, Zion was, on, was in the meeting with me, and you know, with the person that was in charge of our meetings in Lagos. You know, the person said that the man in charge of our hall had to ask her. Say, if not because it's a church meeting that people had here, I would have believed that you do rituals or something. Say, there's just something about you people. I said, it had just started. I said, what should I have done in front of the man? You just lick your lips. So you, the man would think that it's actually something. But you see, it's the power of the Holy Ghost. There's just something about me that draws people to me. I can't explain it. But you, you can't come around me and not like me. If you don't, there's a demon at work in you. I'm, no, I'm not even joking. It's the truth. I, I expect people to love me by just being around me. I'm telling you. 
I'm telling you, I just expect I expect that in the office people just like me for no reason. They just like to hear what Israel has to say. Why? Because I'm supernaturally helped. I'm supernatural. You know, you you know, I mean, I mean, there is there's upwork, there's fiverr, you know, there is, you know, you've been able to bid and so on and so forth. But I just believe if I talk to a client, they just want to hear me. For no reason, they just say, I just want to work with this guy. I don't know why, but there's something about him I like. It's not because he's so good, though. If I, there are like three other people that I know that are better than him, but this one I just like him. I don't know why I just like him. I just want to work with him. That's it. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. It's a supernatural orchestration. Hallelujah. And I'm walking in it every day of my life. Every single time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Supernaturally helped. Praise God. Hallelujah. I just said. We have very few minutes left, so let's just round up. Amen. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glory to God. Amen. If, interestingly, <laughs> one of the things I was going to teach about teaching meetings was you must learn how to flow with the Spirit in teaching meetings. Alright? Generally in Christian meetings. There are times when the meeting just takes a new flow. Praise God. You respond. You yield. Hallelujah. So there are times when you are teaching, you just feel it. It leading to rejoice. You jump up and rejoice. Hallelujah. And that's when I've been trying to teach you guys a lot. Sometimes, if, even if you are the only one, jump up and rejoice. Are we together? Because it is you that the word is coming to. Are we together, guys? Do you understand that? Alright, so let's continue what we are, you know, what we've been teaching so far. Okay, so, um, so we've seen, I was trying to teach about, um, what exactly was I talking about? Okay, um, recognizing possibilities in Christian meetings, alright, and I already showed you how, you know, these people recognized possibilities of how Jesus could heal them and they were healed. Now, it gets interesting because in Mark 6, Jesus now goes to his own hometown. In Mark 6, Mark 6 from verse 1 to verse 6. Jesus goes to his own hometown. Wow, that's loud. Jesus goes to his own hometown, alright, and while he's there, now, Jesus goes there to go and heal, to heal the sick. Are we together, guys? You know, in Mark 5, he was on his way to Jairus' house when the woman with the issue of blood got healed without him knowing. Now, Jesus goes, alright, now he goes to his hometown and he's going there because he wants to do a healing meeting. Are we together, guys? Now, he gets there, alright, gets there, he's preaching the gospel, and then something happens. They begin to ask questions. He said, is that not Jesus, the son of Joseph? The son of Mary, the capital son. You know, are these not his brothers and sisters? Are they not with us? With which wisdom or authority is he saying these things he's saying? And look at what the Bible says there. The Bible says, and Jesus marveled at their unbelief. Imagine that the savior of the world, God, God made flesh. He looks at people's unbelief and he marvels. Like, wow, this is unbelief. <laughs> he looks at it and he's like, wow, this is unbelief. And look at what the Bible says there. He says, and he could dare do no mighty work. Do you know what that means? That Jesus goes to a place to actually go and heal. And Bible clearly writes it there. He says he could dare do no mighty work, save that he healed a few sick people. Why? Because they decided not to see him that way. Now, you know the funny thing about this particular story? Do you realize that the information that they had about Jesus wasn't wrong? They were actually right. Are we together? They were actually right. Wasn't he the, he was actually the son of Mary. Are we together? Wasn't he the carpenter's son? He was. Are we together? His brothers and sisters were actually with them. But you see, at the end of the day, when it comes to honor, you see, dishonor isn't necessarily that you have the wrong information. It's that you have unnecessary information. So the issue with them wasn't that they were wrong. It's that they were holding on to the wrong thing. That they were looking at the wrong thing. They wouldn't have been wrong Alright, to see Jesus as the son of Mary or as the son of Joseph. But listen, when you need the healing, you're not looking after what is right or what is wrong. You're looking after what is necessary. 
are we together guys and that's the reason i said before that when you need a healing for example that's not the point in time when you go about looking for you know videos on fake miracles that have been exposed no now whether you like now those miracles fake miracles that were exposed is it true that they were exposed yes but does that change the fact that that's not what you need no are we together guys so of the truth there are fake miracles being exposed but that's not the information you need at that point in time what you need at that point in time is to actually see real miracles that can stir up your faith does that make sense guys exactly so that's what you do so it's not about looking for what's right or wrong and that's something that people need to realize in this generation dishonor is not that you have the wrong information you can be in dishonor and have the right information dishonor is not necessarily about the information it's a perspective thing are we together so you hear people say very stupid things for example how can you call somebody with 30 something years old you know your father of the truth someone with 30 something years old particularly if you're older than the person it makes no sense for you to call the person your father are we together or it is true but the reality of it is this i know what i'm receiving there and i don't understand how you can be so vexed with some, what somebody else is calling somebody just that if you're so annoyed or you're so triggered don't call him is it not my mouth it's not what i want to call him let me call him just that it just doesn't make any sense so that's the thing i'm saying you never know when you will need it so don't talk down on it oh you never know oh you never know so never talk down on it that's the truth are we together so you must always learn it at the end of the day you are not looking for what's right you are looking for what is working what is necessary are you with me and sometimes that means you will look away from what is apparent so you will see jesus as the carpenter's son you will see him as the son of mary you will see him as the brother of james are we together but yet you will look away from that and see him as the healer are you with me because you need to understand you cannot see jesus both as the son of mary and as the healer at the same time does that make sense guys there's only one way you can see him and that's what you need to understand see your man of god is a man of god to you are we together he can be a student to other people he can be a friend to other people he is not your friend oh for your sake understand this he's not your friend he's your man of god do you understand so it doesn't matter what people are calling them outside it doesn't matter if they are doing this or doing that you know what you are receiving from there are we together guys do you understand me that's it so they might not be wrong just they might never be wrong it might be actually short and that's true he might not necessarily have a very big body build. He might not know how to dress so well. He might never know how to speak so nice. And that's probably true. But you need to understand something. You can't see those things and still see him as a healer. You can't. So you have to close your eyes to those things and see him as what matters to you. As a spiritual channel by which you can receive things from God. Does that make sense, guys? Beautiful. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So another thing about Christian meetings, alright, is prayer 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 you know there's something that people always say in your body say, prayer at the core of every christian meeting because you need to understand this is not showbiz Jesus, we're not just coming here to make ourselves feel good you know we're not just coming here to dance and feel nice no hallelujah it's work to be done here so we have to pray are we together guys and because you see countless instructions in scripture as regards every kind of christian meeting and how to pray for those meetings for example as regards the teaching of god's word you see enough prayers in the epistles 
For example, Paul was talking to the Ephesian church and he says, you know, having after I heard of your faith, the Lord Jesus and your love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, the eyes of understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards the world who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Hallelujah. He says the same thing in Colossians 1 from verse 9 to 11, that you might be filled with knowledge of his will with all wisdom and spiritual understanding. All right. Um, I think I mixed up that parts. Few knowledge of wisdom, wisdom and spiritual understanding. Do you know what's there? I, I, I think I mixed. I'm, God, what's coming to my mind is Philippians one nine to eleven. All right, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in knowledge of God. All right, strengthen with all my, my strength with all my, according to His glorious power, to all patience and long running with gentleness. Hallelujah. So you see countless instructions from Scripture as regards praying for believers for knowledge. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So, you see prayer for teaching meetings. So, when you're going to have a teaching meeting, for example, you have to pray. Do you understand? You don't just... Teach it. It's not, it's not, it's not Riaza. When I stand, this is how I'm going to talk. Do you understand? This is how I'm going to talk. Then, at this point in time, I'll not say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What do you think we are doing here? Demons will just be yelling you. Demons will, You know, I don't, I don't know about you, but there are times when I just like to listen to, you know, sermons of, you know, men of God and people, you know, God's generals and stuff like that. And some things cannot but shake me. Sometimes, when you look at, for example, you know, Daddy Adebwe teach, I don't know if it sounds ridiculous to you, but is someone just stands and he just says, you know, uh, my father, and then he's just talking slowly. And things are happening. I don't know, but sometimes it used to make me feel somehow. It used to make me feel like I'm jumping up and down. Like, everybody went, no. <laughs> it's not like, can you go see <laughs> You know? But I mean, at the end of the day, what I've always learned is don't try to be like anybody. Just be you. All right? But you must learn certain things. You know, one of the things that moved me the most, I was talking to a friend a couple of days ago. No, not a couple of days, about a month ago. And he was telling me about, I think it was convention. I think it was convention probably convention and he said so i mean because their ministers they stayed around the particular minister minister's chalets that was quite close to the jews house right and they had just finished meaning that evening they just finished one of the holy ghost services and of course i mean they were just sitting down i mean after a stressful day they are sitting down they are talking you know just and eating and they just saw <laughs> they just saw and you know i mean that is quite big they just saw one man just bending his back big i, I mean this man is old already so there's no how you see him walking that you won't know he's not the one. And he was just walking slowly, talking in tongues, and moving. This man was the one ministering. We were sitting down. This man is 70, I think 77 now. 77 now. 77 year old man. And he would have been fasting. And we were here. <laughs> like demons have possessed us. He said, he said, the moment he passed, he said, you know when nobody said anything, all of us just stood, he said, all of them just stood up and just went to one corner and started praying. <laughs> you know, that kind of coming upon and nobody said anything. You know, you know, like, it's also hilarious because, and even, like, I mean, he's, the guy is quite a senior in reading, so I knew the kind of, I knew the folks that were with him, actually. And he said, and they were just talking, they were discussing. He said, you meant you just saw Baba pass like this. He said, nobody said a word. <laughs> it was like they all knew to just pick themselves up. <laughs> Everybody just went to Fire <laughs> You know, but, but but what that did to me was it made me realize ah well, ah, t- t- y- wa. 
there's something that a man has to understand for him to be fasting during a seven day program he's fasting and after the meeting where he has taught for almost two hours standing after the meeting he's still praying this man has something he's seen that we have not seen amen he has something he's seen I have an idea into how I don't know if he still fasts that way anyways probably because he's older now so he probably have to be watching it and stuff but I knew for once that even after special meetings in camp he still fasts for like a week after <laughs> amen can you see you are I'm telling you hallelujah glory to Jesus then you now say um, um Pastor W.F. Kumi would say he prays two times in all hours he's going to teach. He was the person I learned it from. He says, I'm going to teach for one hour, I pray two hours. <sighs> Do you know how long it takes to prepare a teaching? For you to now still have time, having prepared the teaching, to pray two times the number of hours that you are teaching as a pastor. Do you know what it means when you are the pastor of that kind of church? Do you know how many times you teach in a week? Do you not know what it means for you to always pray two times that number of hours? To be alone. So you see, any form of teaching that you do without the power of God is just entertainment. It's just that simple. And how can you say you rely on the power of God if you don't pray? How? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. How do you say you learn the power of God if you don't pray? You know, one of the things that this generation boasts about a lot is that we have the we have the knowledge, we have the word. You know, we have the word. But you can't know the word without understanding the emphasis in the word to pray. So if we really know the word, we'll probably be praying than the previous generation. So what's the problem? Maybe we really don't understand what we've been saying. And I mean, glory to God, we are doing we actually have a lot of young folks who are doing a lot of good stuff in terms of prayer. And that but the reality of it is there's still a lot more work to do in in place of prayer. There's a whole lot of work to do. There's a whole lot of work to do. There's a whole and I mean time will not afford me. I don't have time to do that. But one of the things I would have shown you is this there is no move of God in this world that starts without prayer. No. Even when it is something that God wants to happen upon the earth, it can never start without prayer. Never. Never. No single move. I'm telling you, a very good example as regards the rebuilding of the temple, all right. Rebuilding of the temple is Israel. Now, Jeremiah had already prophesied that these people will be carried to Babylon for 70 years. Are we together, guys? 70 years will be the desolation of Israel, and after 70 years, the temple will be rebuilt. Guess what? After 70 years, the temple, nothing had already happened. Nothing had happened. Now, Bible says, according to Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, it says Daniel knew by the books that the desolation of Israel was already complete, according to Jeremiah's prophecy. And what did he do? He said, I set myself to pray for Israel. And Bible says, he started praying in the first year of King Darius, the king. In the first year of King Darius, the king, Daniel began to pray. Now, look at what happened. Nothing changed until the sixth month of the second year of King Darius in the book of Agai. What happened? In Agai, what began to happen? The prophet stood up and began to prophesy. And all of a sudden, people began to rebuild the temple. Confidence just came out of nowhere. They did not know where confidence came from. Daniel in Babylon started praying and he had been praying for over a year. They didn't even know Daniel was praying. They did not realize it. But that's the thing. There is no move of God that can ever happen on the earth without prayer. Even if the people involved in the move of God don't know who, who was praying. And that's why I've always told you, see, there are certain things that we are reaping the fruits of. There are certain prayers that we are reaping the fruits of that we don't know who prayed it. 
And that's the honest truth. There are certain prayers, and that's the reason why if we despise, particularly this generation, you need to understand, the influence of knowledge we have in this generation, I believe is largely based on the prayer of the people before us. And that's the reason why as much as we might know a lot more than them, the reality of it is this. You need to know, they prayed us into it. Amen? So it's, it is fallacy to not despise their labels. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And so, any move of God that does not involve a, a, a constant devotion of prayer, it cannot do anything. So we have to pray. Even with Jesus. Do you realize before Jesus was born, for example, alright, now, let me show you something very interesting. Before Jesus was born, the Bible records of two people in the book of Luke. Is it Luke now? Yeah, in the book of Luke. In Luke 1, it tells us of Annas, of Anna, sorry, of a woman named Anna and another man named, I think, Simon. Alright? And Bible tells us about Anna that this woman was in the temple from the moment she became a widow. And she was praying for 84 years for the salvation of Israel. Do you know what it means for a woman to pray and fast day and night for 84 years only for the salvation of Israel? The moment she saw it, she knew it was him. The same thing happened to Simon. Bible says it was signified to him by the Spirit that before he died, he would see the salvation of Israel. So do you know what it means that there was a move of, and I mean, of course, God had already prophesied about Jesus coming to the world from Genesis 3, verse 15, about how the salvation plan would come. Are we together, guys? Yet this thing did not happen until there was someone who was actually praying for years. Notice she did not pray for 10 years, she did not pray for 20 years. Do you know what it means to pray for 84 years? 84! 84! For a move of God. And we were shouting, what the move of God? Ah... <laughs> uh, Hallelujah. Listen, there is no significant move of God that will happen without men of extreme prayer lives. That's the honest truth. And we either know it or we don't. See, and this is the thing. If you know you don't have the strength to pay that sacrifice, just, it's no big deal. Just know there won't be a nice move of God. Do you understand? No, that's it. But if you want, enough with the, all the mouth, we want revival like the days of old. Listen, you really don't want it. People talk about Azusa Street Revival and they don't realize what Azusa Street Revival was. Azusa Street Revival, people were meeting in church every day, morning, afternoon, evening. Amen? And what people don't realize is that is not how Azusa, like, it's not like as though it was when the revival started that people started missing that way. People had been meeting that way for weeks before the revival started. You cannot sow in carnality and expect things spiritual. Are we together? For you to have any major activity of the Spirit of God, you must have camped around it. Are we together? How did Acts 2 happen? Bible says they tarried together in the upper room and they were praying. Then Acts 2 happened. You, you cannot forget Tari and expect what happened in Acts 2 to happen. Are we together? So now you're asking for revival. But it's you people that in an entire week, the number of meetings you attend all together for church, all together, including Thanksgiving, everything, blah, 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 is not up to three hours and you're the one asking for revival. It can never. Never. And it's not because I'm saying it, it's because that's what the word says. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? That's it. That's it. So, there is no move of God outside prayer. No. No. And you see, another interesting thing is that the, the move of God is predictable. First of all, you must understand that God is sovereign. You won't make him do what he doesn't want to do. Are we together, guys? So, the first thing you need to understand is what is God's will upon the earth? God's will upon, upon the earth is simple. He wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And everything that we do in accordance to that will is his will. Do you understand my point, guys? 
So, for example, we want to have Caruso Camp meeting. What's the focus of Caruso Camp meeting? To get us effective in the word, to get, get us effective in the ministry of the Spirit, to get us effective in our ministry or in preaching of the gospel. Hallelujah. So, it's not hard to know. Caruso Camp meeting is God's will upon the earth. Are we together, guys? But if we really want what we call a move of God upon the earth for Caruso Camp meeting, you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray. Are you with me? We're going to pray. And it's not prayer of 15 minutes and we go individually wherever you are there are times when you go on vigil just because of that hallelujah God I want to see your plan and purpose come to pass in this meeting hallelujah I want to see a move of your glory so strong like never before you spend time praying you spend time praying Spend time praying. Now, you pray individually. We come together and we pray. We pray for us. We disperse ourselves again. You go and pray. You see, in that kind of, with that kind of prayer, you cannot but have an atmosphere of glory. It will happen. And that's why I told you, see, the move of God is predictable. Are, you, are we together? The move of God is predictable. You can see it from scripture. You know what to do to have the move of God. It's that simple. The question is, are you ready to do it? Are you are you ready to do it? Are you ready to do it? It's not, it's not hard to see. How, how does a man say he knows the word but cannot see consistently from the word scriptures as regards prayer? How? How? First Thessalonians 5 and verse 17, pray without season. Do you know what it means to pray without season? If he tells you pray without season, what that means is there, cannot, there can never be such thing as too much prayer. There can never be such thing as extreme prayer. It can't be extreme. Do you know pray without season? It means pray always. It means pray without stopping. It means what the way it actually works is we take a pause from prayer to do things. Do you understand? Our prayer life is a resumption. Do you understand my point? So it is we keep praying now. So what we are doing right now, we should be praying right now. But right now we are just teaching so that when we are done, we can continue praying. And that's the reason why in Colossians 4 and verse 2 it says, Continue in prayer. Watching it say with thanksgiving. Continue. Meaning he already assumed that you've been praying before. He says, Continue. Continue in prayer. That's it. So, you see, we can never have any move of God upon the earth without prayer. Never. We can gather ourselves together and lie to ourselves that we are making impacts. But the reality of it is this. If we are not making impacts, we are not making it. And that's the honest truth. Amen? You know, it's so weird the kind of funny things that people are calling this in today. We are judging, you know, how well, a, how well a ministry is doing by the kind of venues they are using. We are judging, you know, growth by, you know, the kind of, you know, ambience and everything. Now, I've told you guys this thing. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing about the ambience. I'm going to use it at some point. Are we together? But you see, at the end of the day, the impact is made. Are we together, guys? The real impact of any church is that beer parlors are getting reduced. Are we together, guys? That's the real impact. Is that men who smoke are no longer smoking. Men who drink are no longer drinking. They are becoming ministers for the gospel. Impact is not that somebody who was in this particular church is not in this church. That's no impact. People are just doing, they are doing student exchange. That's what they are doing. Just exchanging people from one church to the other. And then there are people, every Sunday they are not going to church. Ah. Oh. Hallelujah. That's impact. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. But guess what? We will not see the move of God upon the earth unless we pray. Unless we pray. Unless we pray. Unless we pray. Because you know what? You see, the move of God upon the earth is actually the move of God's men upon the earth. 
That's something you must know. The move of God upon the earth is the move of God's men. Because of time, I won't be able to show you. But what I would have showed you before is that every time when we talk about the activity of the Spirit upon the earth, I've said this before in discipleship class, every activity of the Spirit upon the earth is actually an activity of the Spirit of God through men on the earth. Through men on the earth. That's it. Every time when you see Bible say in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God did this. Go and pay attention. It was actually a man that did it by the influence of the Spirit. Every single time. That's it. Every activity of the Spirit. In fact, the only point where you might actually see the Spirit of God doing something on the soul is Genesis 1 and verse 2. And I've done an explanation of that in our, in our series, Tongues by the Spirit. In the, first, in the third track, I think. You can go and listen to it. So everything that we call the activity of the Spirit upon the earth is actually activity of the Spirit through men on the earth. And that is really what we call the Spirit upon. Are we together? That there is an influence of the Spirit upon this man by which he can do things that are superhuman or supernormal. Are we together, guys? So really, whenever we talk about the move of the Spirit or the move of God upon the earth, what we are actually referring to is the move of men upon the earth by the influence of the Spirit. Hallelujah. So, we want the move of God. No. We need to move so that God can move upon the earth. What is the move of God? It's the move of God's man. That's it. That's it. But you see, that's not all. Here is where it gets interesting. The move of God is the willful move of men by his spirit upon the earth. That willful is very important because you can also begin to think uh, if the move of God is the move of men. Uh, if God wants it, then he's going to move us. No. 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 You know why? Because it won't matter if God's will is for the Israelites to get out of the land of Egypt. If Moses does not get involved, they are going nowhere. If the children of Israel say, you know what? We are, not, we are enjoying Egypt. Let us be eating our garlic and our ginger here. They will go nowhere. Despite the fact that it is God's will, the men will still have to pack their things and go. Are we together? And it won't matter if by the Spirit of God, Zechariah prophesies and Agai begins to prophesy. If the children of Israel decide that well, we are discouraged, we are not building anything, the temple will not be rebuilt. And prophecy would have come and it would have gone and nothing will happen. Are we together, guys? Do you understand me? So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the move of God upon the earth is actually the willful move of men. Willful because at the end of the day upon the earth it doesn't really matter what God wants to happen if men don't partner with it it's not going to happen it's not going to happen it's not going to happen you know one of the most interesting things as regards the incarnation the birth of Jesus you know the angel walks up to you know walks up to Mary and then tells her everything that the Holy Ghost is going to do the Spirit of God is going to come upon you and the power of the ice is going to overshadow you and you're going to be you know they're going to give birth to a child it's going to be called the son of the highest and so on and so forth now you know if you look at that place you might think oh Mary didn't have a choice God chose her to give who is she to have a choice no 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 notice after the angel was done speaking Mary made an utterance she said, be it unto me according to your word. Meaning, and notice something. The angel didn't leave until when she said it. The moment she said it, the angel left. Why? The work is done. Because you see, nothing will happen upon the earth unless a man comes in partnership with the Spirit of God. There has to be that partnership. Unless you respond. And that was the reason he needed that word of utterance from her to affirm the, the state of her heart. He was there. He was waiting. The moment she said it, he got up. That's the end of the work. So far she has said that and she has released her will in accordance to that plan. It's going to come to pass. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So, at the end of the day, listen to me, men and women of God. Listen. If we want a move of God upon the earth, what do we need? We need to move. We need to move. Are we together, guys? We need to move. That's what 
you need to do. Hallelujah. And as I've shown you before, prayer is very important. Now, pay attention. Based on all these things I've now said so far, what does our prayer do? Our prayer moves us. And that's the reason. Pay attention. Every time when Paul asked us to pray, he was always telling us to pray not necessarily to God or about God. The prayer was always about people, about men. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may have a free course and be glorified even as it is with you. And that we may be delivered from wicked and unreasonable men for all men have not faith. Pray for us. Colossians 4 and verse 2. Continue in prayer what you say with thanksgiving without praying also for us that God will not us a door for the word. To preach the mystery of Christ for which also we are, we are in bonds. Ephesians 6, 18 to 19. Praying always without prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watching Jerusalem without perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that all trust may be given unto me. That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in bonds. That therein I may speak as I ought to speak. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So, how do we get the move of God upon the earth? We start by prayer. We start by prayer. Adua. Adua. Inno adua. Adbareni. The power of prayer. 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 Prayer in everywhere. In every place. In little places. You know, five minutes of tongues. Just you know what's going to happen as we give ourselves to prayer bodies will be released we get bodies in our hearts bodies of places bodies of people bodies of, 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 of places of people of where to go bodies of people to meet bodies of encounters and experiences they begin to show up and what do those bodies do they now lead us to move they lead us to move so as you pray you can see Oshu, you see Ekiti you see Lagos you see Kano you see Katsina you see Kaduna as you begin to praise them all you 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 see what to do you see what to do you see what to do and then as you see what to do you see the strength to do it the strength to do it the strength to do it hallelujah hallelujah so men and women of God this is a call to prayer it's a call to prayer it's a call to prayer Praise God. You know, Kerizo Camp meeting this year, they're going to pray. They're going to pray for the meeting. But much more importantly, we're going to pray in the meeting. Hallelujah. Because I don't know about you, I'm not okay with the things I'm seeing. I want to see more. Hallelujah. More lives changed. More lives blessed. Hallelujah. More believers disciples. Much more miracles in my ministry. I want to see more. Somebody say More! More! One more. Hallelujah. Am I going to pray? Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and give God praise. Lift up your hands and give God praise. Oh, Father, we thank you. Father, we worship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Shuvenega belega diata. 
And Father, we pray that even more we are given to prayer. And that by prayer, we are moved to do your will upon the earth. Pray that we receive strength for more. More men trained, more men discipled, more men saved, more men raised. In the name of Jesus. We receive those visions in the place of prayer. We receive those burdens by your spirit. And we receive clarity as to what to do. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for we are able. Thank you, Lord, for we are capable. By your spirit, we can do. Glory to Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Rejoice a little. Come on. Glory. All right, let's stand up and let's take our confession. Come on, stand up. Glory. Hallelujah. Say, we are walking in the word. We are walking in the word. We are enforcing the word by prayer. Enforcing the word by prayer. Standing on his promises by faith. Standing on his promises by faith. Obeying the leading of the spirits. Obeying the leading of the spirits. Now let's take it again. Walking in the word. Enforcing the word by prayer. Standing on his promises by faith. Obeying the leading of the spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Take care of yourselves and have a wonderful night. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We're sure that it was an amazing time. For questions and inquiries, reach out to us on carysoul.bb at gmail.com. We call you blessed.